Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, your host, Mark Overman and Clay Cates. Well, thanks again for joining us on Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. Your host, Mark Overman, here with Clay Cates, uh, Jeff Fry, the man behind the glass. And here today, we're going to break down all the wildcard football games. <laughs> oh, that's not what we're talking about, Clay? No, no, Mark, we're not. I think it'd be more fun. Yeah, that would be more fun. How about that controversial play in that controversial game? Yeah. No more deflate gate, though. Yeah, well, is the dynasty over? That's the question, and we'll get into that today. <laughs> uh, now we're here to talk about Wyoming basketball. Uh, it's 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 a dark season, but we, we uh, still love these guys. Or we'll try to love them. It's like that black sheep of the family. Yeah, You don't like them, but you love them. Yeah, dude. Uh, so where we left off last time, we covered the last two. Well, we got to the the first two conference games where we lost at home against Air Force, and then we lost at home against New Mexico. And then just with holidays, and you were out of town a little bit, I was out of town. We suck. These oh, three man. factors combined, <laughs> so we kind of had a missed about a month what because the last show we did was what like it was like the 7th of december right and it's yeah like the... it was after the new mexico game and so we played what two four six games since then yeah six games so we'll just kind of go over you know the four we played another it's kind of weird this season where we played two conference games and then we had another four non-conference games and now we're back into the conference season sure have we odd. ever done that before? I don't um back in the old whack days. Yeah, maybe maybe back then. I, I don't really remember uh that. I do remember at times we've played like a conference game and that, that seemed like at an odd time, and I don't know why that was. I say old old whack days, and you should remember that because you're an old man as of today, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Today is Clay Cates' 50, 50 I can't say 50, that. 50 yeah. year old, 50 year old birthday, 50 <laughs> 50th birthday. Yeah. The five oh. So he is now officially an old man. Fifty is the new what? Thirty, I think. Sure, I think so. We'll call it that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of weird how we did the the non conference in between the conference season. So we'll just briefly go over the the four other non conference games that we played, and then we'll probably delve more into the the Boise CSU games. Maybe not as much as we normally did or did last season if you were with us. Or I mean, it's just. What can you say at this point? I, I mean, obviously we'll talk about Edwards and should he stay? I don't think should he stay. That's funny, Clay. Where did you come up with should? Uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, it's not if he's going to be fired. It's when I think at this time. I I keep expecting to like. Okay, we lost at home to Utah Valley State. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and he's going to be fired. No, oh, still there. We got creamed by our rival. Oh, I'm going to wake up. He's going to be fired. No, no. He's there. He's there every day. What happens if we knock off number seven, San Diego State? <laughs> yeah. We're going to sign him for another three years. Uh, I would, I'd be willing to make that deal. Because at this point, I think, I mean, I want Edwards gone, right? I mean, just yeah. any reasonable man would. It'd be like, all right, if you beat San Diego State at home, We'll sign you to a five-year contract extension, but you you lose, you're gone tomorrow. There you go. Uh, just to just to, can you imagine the chagrin of Wyoming Cowboy fans? We win that game. Like, I can imagine some of the posters on the go go wild go board being a little upset about that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh okay. So just all so Wyoming stands right now. We're five and eleven overall, zero and four in conference. Uh. After the New Mexico game, we played at home to Northern Colorado. We got beat 74 to 53. I mean, they're just better shooters than we were. I watched this game. Uh, and it just comes down to that. We can't, and this is just an overarching, you know, overarching symptom of this team. That's not the word I'm looking for here, but it's just we just have a hard time putting the ball in the hoop, don't we, Clay? We do. And, um, you know, the, the thing that I've really noticed is just we go droughts without scoring. And it it's oh, eight-minute drought. Yeah, six five, minute drought. five minutes. And, and um, 
I mean, if you just want to do something interesting, just from a, I mean, I know people see it, hear it, whatever, if they're watching the game or listening to the game, but um, actually, you know, go in the box score and look at the play-by-play sure. and watch how long we have, you know, 21 points. Yeah. <laughs> and the other team is just moving right along, but we stay at Hey, we'll, we'll occasionally get a free throw in there yeah. sometimes. Once in a while, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, here's obviously there's going to be a lot of depressing stats that we're going to cover here, but here's one of the most depressing stats you'll ever hear about Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. So we, after the Northern Colorado game, we played Utah Valley state in Laramie at the dome of doom. And we lost 69 to 67. I believe Utah Valley state at the time was five and eight. And I think only one or two of those wins were against division one opponents. And here's the depressing stat. We covered the spread. <laughs> we covered the spread. It was a, we, Wyoming was a two-and-a-half-point dog to Utah Valley State in Laramie, and they were five and eight, I believe, at the time. I mean, how we utterly pathetic this. is that? <laughs> I never thought I would ever hear that come out of your mouth. No, my Even as gloomy as it's ah, It's just... And I mean, I don't, I wasn't planning on asking this here, but we might as well talk about it. Is I was going to ask you in your history of being a Wyoming Cowboy fan, you know, yeah, has has your level of interest ever been lower for basketball? Because mine hasn't, and I'm a, I'm as diehard as a diehard. Yeah, yeah, yours, you're a diehard, and no, I think what I've struggled with is, I mean, you, you do, and you know, I'll give you an example. The um, you know, the football game the other day. I mean, I knew what time that was. I couldn't wait. I had plans set up to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. I mean, it was all just uh, – that's my sponsorship. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, met some friends at Buffalo Wild Wings to watch a game, and it was, it was just a priority to me. And, um, you know, and I'm a big fan. I love our – you know, I love Wyoming basketball. I've always been a big fan of it. Um, but you know, for the CSU game, I looked and said, okay, it's at 11 o'clock tomorrow. Then I got busy doing stuff in the morning and then totally forgot about the game. And I had, and I caught the game halfway in and then I had to catch up with everything that went on. And, uh, um, didn't miss much. No, I didn't miss much, but you know, that's where my interest is. And, um, you know, and so it, it, it's hard. No, I, uh, I agree. I'm right there with you. So my brother, who's also diehard Wyoming Cowboy basketball, our most loyal listener, Jared. Right. Yeah. We're uh, putting this together just for you. You're our audience of one. No. Uh, so, I mean, he lives in Fort Collins. So it's a priority every year to go to the game in Fort Collins, you know, Moby, Arena, Moby Gym as it is. Yeah. So when that schedule comes out, I'm always like, okay, you know, I mean, I try to go to most home games, but it's like, when is that Fort Collins game? Because it's just another game that's within reason of driving distance you can go to. So it's when is that CSU game? Okay, make plans, make sure I'm off work, the whole nine yards. I didn't know we were playing CSU at CSU until two days before the game. I mean, now that might sound like, oh, two days is plenty of time. But like normal, like I said, it's on the schedule. It's two months when the schedule comes out. Like that's in the plans, you know. And I did not go this year. I think this is the first time in – Oh, 10 years I didn't go to the ASCSU game. And God, am I glad I didn't go to that game. Because have you – I mean, I'm sure that you have. You're a Charger fan. You've been to Broncos games, right? Yes. In Denver. Yeah. There's something about – and I'm sure you've seen Wyoming football – well, I know you have. Wyoming football or basketball playing in the opposing team's arena. Yes. You just feel like a caged animal. I mean, just it just brings out the primal instincts in you because – like the opposing fans, you know, they'll say something or they're cocky or arrogant or they'll give you a look or so it just brings out and it's not it's not good necessarily, but it just brings out the kind of the the a-hole in me, I'll say. It's just like I wanna say something back to them and I'm just if just wanna rub it in if and there's nothing better I'm kinda of mumbling here, but there's nothing better than winning at CSU or at BYU or wherever or at Denver, if you're a Chiefs fan like me or a Charger fan like you, winning at the opposing rivals team's stadium and then walking out of there, man. You just got your chest 
bumped out. You're walking by high-fiving other fans of your team. It's a great feeling. Yeah. But the opposite is true when you lose, especially when you get creamed like Wyoming did against CSU, is walking out of there with your tail between your legs. Would you agree with all that, or does that not bring the caged animal out in you? Because that's what it does yeah. to me and my brother. Well, I remember back um, when I was going to college and I, w- I had a big Wyoming sticker on my vehicle. And and I remember one time I was going back and I was on I-80 heading into Nebraska. And this car went by and honked and everybody just waved and gave me this huge Oh, they had wave. the big Wyoming flags, didn't they? Or? No, they had CSU written all oh. over their uh, stickers all over their vehicle. And I just... And they had just been owning us in sports at that time. Also, oh, it was like a cocky area. like Yeah. And it was really football. It was in the sunny Lubick days where we were just getting nailed by those guys. And and I just went, I just had nothing. You just know? put and your I, head down. I'll never forget that feeling. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's rough right now. And it's, you know, it's hard to puff your chest out about anything in this, in this basketball season. But, and this isn't either here nor there, but I will just give a little shout out because, you know, it's Wyoming related. But man, I was pretty impressive the amount of Wyoming fans at the Arizona Bowl, wouldn't you? Yeah. And that's the thing about Wyoming. I mean, say what you will about the fans of showing up for the Wyoming Cowboy basketball team. I mean, obviously it's at an all-time low. It deserves to be at this point. But if you get a good product out there, I mean, or give them something to be excited about, they'll show up for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and Arizona's not too bad of a place to go this that time. That looked like the double – I mean, that looked like the War Memorial out there in Arizona. <laughs> it did, but, yeah, they – nice showing for sure. But the reason I brought – and it made me think of that is I don't know remember which bowl game you were going to. Uh, wasn't there where you – did you guys have the big flags and everyone was driving yeah. by honking at you, like oh, on yeah. your way to it, – It was actually back in 1996 when Wyoming played in the first WAC championship against BYU and – and, you know, you're heading down. We drove down. And, um, you know, you're hitting I-15 going through Utah. And, and you're getting kind of close to Nevada, you know. And and you just, you're just passing Wyoming fans, and they're honking, and everybody's yeah. waving. And, boy, we had those big old steamboat flags just out of my brother's truck. And there's nothing that oh. makes you feel better than see other Wyoming fans. And we drove by a few BYU fans, too, and they just kind of looked at us. and. <laughs> No, they think we're the crazy ones. I mean, no matter where you yeah. are, if you're wearing the old brown and gold, the old steamboat, I mean, no matter if you're in Florida or Canada or yeah. somebody you see, you'll be like, oh, Cowboys. Yeah. You know, and there's an, there is nothing better. I, I love that. Like, especially our football helmet. When I see that, you know, steamboat on yeah. that helmet, I, oh, I love it. I know this is kind of a, maybe a crappy thing to say or to admit, but when we won the, the 2015 Mountain West tournament, I think that might have been the best day of my life. I just, yeah, uh, because I don't have any kids. I'm not, I'm not married, so I can say that you no, can. Uh, yeah, but walking out. I mean, not so after the game. We, you know, we rushed the court and just high fiving other fans and tears. I mean, I didn't cry, but people are crying and just then yeah. going up, walking around the concourse, just high fiving people you don't even know. I mean, just it's yeah. just. No, I, I remember seeing – I wish I could have been there. But I watched it as I was. Oh, I yeah. You, I, was, I mean, you and your son yeah. were celebrating your house. Oh, we were we were going nuts. And, no, those were some good times for sure. And now back to the doom and gloom. All right. Okay. Quit, quit reminiscing about the good times, Yeah, play. yeah. That's all we got. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the Utah Valley State game where we lost 69 to 67. And, the, and, and cover the spread, just a reminder. So then we played at Denver, and we actually won, 72 to 66. I think they were, I mean, they're a bad team. I mean, but we won. I mean, give Kyler credit to we won. Especially when we kind of struggle with that team wise. Yeah, I mean, shoot, I think in the Nance Adams years, we would always lose when it was at Denver, it felt like. But they did go 16 of 34 from the free throw line, Denver did. I think that, and this game went to overtime. So I think, I mean, but it's that good free throw defense. We're, we've been, we're pretty good at that this year. Yeah, they kind of buried themselves. Uh, and I think they were like 3-10 and 10 at the time or 3-9, and nine, just kind of like us. So bad team. But well, it wins a win. And then we played the mighty powerhouse Nebraska Wesleyan at home. And we won 82-68. to 68. But 
Actually, they are a pretty good team, but I think they were. Do you know that school since you went to York? Yeah, I mean, we played them in baseball. Do you know what division they are? Probably. I mean, I don't know now. I I'd have to look. Division three. I think they're D three. They I think they won D three. They were D three national champions, and they brought back a lot of their guys. But I mean, that's slapping lipstick on a pig trying to build up Nebraska Wesleyan to make us look good for winning eighty two to sixty eight. Yeah, but. So after that game, we got back into the conference, and we'll delve a little deeper into these two games. Uh, we lost at Boise, 54-65. Let's see here. At half, I mean, this was a game play. I mean, it was 24-27 and a half. Yeah. But we had a chance in this one. We did. I mean, you know, we kept that score right there. Um, it got a little bit out of hand at the very end of the game but right there you know just three points behind a half and the whole second half we were just hanging in there we just couldn't get that run that we needed and then towards the end of the game we had that stretch where we didn't score and they did that was it yeah we i think it we needed somebody else to step up and score in that game oh yeah because you look at it we had hendrix at 16 maldonado at 14 and then those were the only two guys we didn't have that third mythical third <laughs> double digit score. No. We had Taylor with eight and Foster with six. I mean, and not no more no one else had more than five points. I mean, that's you know, and you get guys that are playing big minutes and not scoring. It's oh yeah. It's 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 hard to win that way. So just some of the uh total stats in that game. We shot forty one point nine percent from the field. Boise shot 39%, so we outshot them. We hit eight three-pointers at a 36% clip. They only hit three at a 20% clip. And this is – we had eight assists. They only had three. I mean, this is looking like a game you should win. I mean, I know it's at Boise. We never play well there. But, you know, I mean, we outshoot them from the field. We outshoot them from three. We shoot 83% from the free-throw line. They only We hold them to three assists. Derek Holston, their leading scorer, I think he was the leading scorer in the Mountain West, coming in averaging like 21 points a game. We hold him to four points. And he made one field goal. He was like one of ten. I mean, you have all those stats. That's just a game you got to win. Yeah. I mean, I know you can't maybe say that in a vacuum, but – well, Or can you? Because it like, certainly seems like a, it. I mean, here's a couple of things that, you know, were definitely factors. I mean – they made 22 free throws. We had 10. They shot 26. We had we only shot 12. Um, but another one, um, you know, just our turnovers are just 22 turnovers. Is a killer. Okay. And, and those are, I mean, they had 14. So, as, but, the, as the resident mathematician on the show, I want you to break the eight. So we had eight assists to 22 turnovers, right? Yeah. And they had three assists to 14 turnovers. I believe our assisted turnover ratio is better, was it not? Well, it, it is, but just can like you imagine it, it eight, like... eight assisted twenty-two turnovers? <laughs> for some reason, and that was it... the better assisted turnover ratio. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, it just seems like that never worked. We have that happen a lot, where we're on the weird end of that. I don't understand I, it. I mean, both teams combined. I don't know if I've ever seen a worse assisted turnover ratio. Eleven total assists, both teams combined. The 36 turnovers? I mean, golly, that's bad. That's like uh, rec league. Well, and if you look like, you know, I mean, a low – I mean, I was kind of looking at – you know, because it's been a, a few days, but – Sure. You know, it was, it was 16 to 16 with five minutes to go in the first half oh yeah. i mean it, it was just a terrible game where i mean they played just as bad as we did for stretches in that game but but you know the the key time is you know you, you look at the pace of the game and we're right there i mean but how many how many long stretches did we have where we don't score you know i think there was one or it was like an eight minute stretch yeah. where we don't score okay so let, let me go back to it so with fourteen twenty seven, uh, Porter hits. And this is the first half or the second half? In the second half. Fourteen twenty seven left. 
order made a dunk. Okay, so 1427. And then we didn't score again till eight minutes left. I mean, you just can't do that. And you want to know the, the most amazing thing about that is in that stretch when, when Maldonado made a jumper with 801 left, we didn't score for six minutes. And we were still in the game. And it was we were behind by three. Oh, I know. I mean, that's how bad Boise played. Or, you know, I mean, yeah. I, we got credit our defense and things like that. I mean, we can't just give Boise, you know. Sure. That They didn't just play bad. We did something too. But, but then um, – you know, same thing towards the end of the game, you know, or you know, the next stretch. Then we didn't score again for, you know, a couple minutes here, a couple minutes there. I think we were on forty-nine points for three minutes or something like that, and it just went forever. And of course, at the end of the game, they pecked away and got some baskets, and then we sure. just didn't get anything. I mean, yeah, you hold the team. Like you said, we only were down, like after that long stretch of not scoring or making a field goal. We were still only down three, but that only lasts so long. I mean, you can only hold on for so long by the skin yeah. of your teeth, you know? Well, even if you just hit a 30 or shots in that stretch, I mean. Oh, yeah, we'd have you know, walked we, away we, with the We game. would have had the lead. But, just, yeah, but that's one thing that frustrates me so much about Edwards. Because he keeps saying, you know, defense, he keeps preaching defense, 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 defense. Which, you know, okay. But he keeps saying, oh, the offense, that'll take care of itself. When? I mean, we're what? I, I, I one year bleeds into the next with this guy, so I can't really keep track. But is this year four or year five? Four? I have lost track. <laughs> it feels like fifty, the fifty-year war, the hundred-year war. We so may. he just keeps saying offense will find its way. I mean, that's just not true with this team. I mean, and I mean, yeah, that's another thing. I mean, I'll just throw it in here, but like, so AJ AJ Banks and TJ Taylor, two of our Guys have started most games, right? Mm -hmm. So in this little stretch of games that we're talking about, just just the amount of shots that they've shot per game. Uh, do you want me to give them individually or add them up? It doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll add them up. Okay. So combined, Banks-Taylor, both playing big minutes, both starters. So combined, and this is – I'll start with the Northern Colorado game of work back. So, it's, I mean, so combined between the two of them, Banks and Taylor had 11 shots against Northern Colorado and then six against Utah Valley State. Oh, this is a big one. Uh, you're going to have to do the math on No, this is uh, seven and five. That's 12, Clay. Uh, 12. Oh, that's a big man. They were ball hogging at that game. 12 against Denver. Then seven shots combined against Nebraska Wesley. Seven against Boise. Four against CSU. I mean, for big minute players, don't we need to? You need to be an offensive threat on the court, don't you? Yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, <laughs> you know, especially when and you even look at when you when, when other guys aren't threats, and you look at Maldonado and his shooting percentage and everything, sure. or even Hendricks. I mean, they're shooting like three for ten, and you know, nine for twenty-two or something. You know. I mean, there's so many missed shots because other guys. You gotta have other guys. There. Oh, if I can, if I'm, if I'm guarding you and you're not a threat, and the other, I mean, I can sag off of you and help guard the other guys that are, you know. Yeah. And when you got two guys out there like that, I mean. So then those those guys that are your scorers that will get some points, you know, the Hendricks and Maldonados, then they force shots, and then you're taking bad shots, and then a lot of times. You know, another thing that you can't see in these in these stats, but we are terrible about taking shots at the last second because we waited too long to get in a good position to take a shot. Oh, and you'll and see so we, times where a Banks or a Taylor or, I mean, whoever, but those two guys is kind of who we're talking about. They'll pass up, up a good look, you know? Yeah. Like a good quality look. You got, I mean, you're a Division One basketball player. You got to take that shot. Yeah, you – but we'll pass that shot up, and then Maldonado's got to take a 45-footer turnaround fadeaway. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, and that's that's part of the problem is, I mean, if you're a Division One basketball player and Banks, in my opinion, Banks should be a scorer. He's a guy that's shown capability of, 
you oh, know, yeah. to, I, to score, but you got to pull the trigger and you have is, to, you, when you have that shot, you have to take it. And I, I would be, I'd feel good if he missed eight shots, but took one as he should, you know, cause you're gonna, you're gonna have streaks, you know, where, where you can't make something or whatever, but the only way you're going to get hot is if you shoot when you should. That's kind of like how I feel with Porter is when he comes in, he's so aggressive, you know, and it's not necessarily always a good thing, but it's just like you watch all these other guys play so timid all the time. It's nice to see a guy come in who's not afraid, you know. It's kind of like another, like I'll just give it a football analogy. Like, let's say, would you say Craig Bowles pretty conservative? That's how I feel about it. Oh, he's very conservative. So, like, sometimes when you have that coach that's really conservative and let's say Bowl gets fired or retires, I'm not asking for him to be fired. He's a good coach, but. When you move on to that next coach, you kind of overcorrect. You know, you've had this conservative guy for so long. You just want to go get, you know, a riverboat gambler type guy, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about Porter. I mean, you watch, you know, Taylor and Thompson and Banks pass up all these good shots. It's like, it's nice just to have a guy in there that's willing to put the ball up. Yeah. Well, and there, and another strategy sometimes drives me crazy. And I know strategies, we don't have any strategies. We do, and it's like we got to kill that clock down to nothing and shoot at the end of the clock. And just, I mean, when you're just not, when that just, when nothing's working with that, just, you know, I'd rather just try running, try a full court press, try speeding up the game. I would, I would just feel better if sometimes if we just shoot in the first 10 seconds of the clock, the first five seconds. But when you see that first shot, because yeah, it's good quality look. Yeah, I don't know why we think we got to always eat the clock. And that really burned us in this Boise game. Go back to the Boise game. Because I think, what, with like two minutes to go, we were down by four. We just got an offensive rebound. Wait, wait, what? We got a what? (laughs) We don't don't get offensive rebound. That's a good catch there because we didn't get an offensive rebound. I misspoke. Oh. We got a defensive rebound. Oh, See, that's how you're messing with me. Again. You knew how crazy that statement sounded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we got a defensive rebound. Okay. It was weird. Like Thompson got the rebound, and then he passed it to Banks to bring it up. But I don't know Banks' shoe was untied or something. But he like looked down at his foot and he kind of paused just for a second, and that second killed us because all game long, as you just noted. We're playing slow tempo, walking the ball up the court, trying to slow down the game. And that's what we did every time. And every time you would cross the line at about nine seconds, you know, to get across half court. And this time, as he said, he like kind of stumbled when Thompson passed him the ball. He looked at his foot and then he did his normal slow walk up. And sure sure enough, we get a 10-second call. They're not even guarding us. We get a 10-second call with no pressure being – applied by the the defense yeah and the, 217 left and i believe they scored right after that three-pointer i mean that's the game i mean and we it, can't overcome yeah. seven points and so we were down seven. by five at 217 oh so it was down by five not yeah four. Okay. and then 10 seconds later they hit a jessup hits a three-pointer and then we're down of course by eight yeah and we never recovered then the next then we hit they hit two free throws and then it was over yeah no i mean it's just killer yeah uh let's see here anything else about this game clay uh it's no not really i i mean but here's one stat let me give one stat and this is a stat that just kills us and this goes into just the strategy that we always try to implement and the non-offensive rebounding and just so if you combine here's a stat i've been kind of liking to look at with this this Wyoming team over the last couple years it's total shots. Mm-hmm. So attempts. So I'm adding free throws to that. Like your total overall field goal attempts and your free throws. Okay. I don't know if you can win a game when you shoot 55 times and your opponent shoots 77. I mean, that's just, I mean, what, I mean, I did quick math on that. What is that? An extra 15% more shots they have yeah. than us or something yeah. like that. I mean, roughly. I mean, that's what you look at. Okay. We outshot them from the field. We outshot them from three. You know, we shoot 83% from the free throw line. They shot 84. That's where they killed us. They were 22 to 26. But, I mean, their assistant turnover ratio was terrible. I mean, 31 rebounds for them, 24 to us. So, I mean, as far as we go, that's acceptable. I mean, 
But then you look at, oh, how did we lose this game? And we hold their leading score to two points or four points on one made field goal. It's like, how do you lose this game? It's because they shoot 77 times and you shoot 55 times. Yeah. You throw it up there enough, it's going to go in eventually. I mean, yeah. and it's well, just I mean, you know, just if you just get a, you know, a fourth of those shots to fall in, that's the, that's the, what they won by roughly. Yeah. You know, you hit the same amount of percentage of shots that we hit throughout the game and you give us 22 shots. Yeah. More. If you gave us 22 shots the way we were shooting that night, I mean, not that it was great by no, any means, but, but if, if we, we would have probably, you know, had a good shot to win that game. <laughs> that's just we, another thing that just, it just grinds my gears. Like, He'll mention Edwards. I will mention in the post game, like, oh well, the offensive rebounds that so and so got against us really killed us. I just want to reach through the radio and and say and say and yell at him, like, buddy, you. So, oh, you do realize it. offensive rebounds are a key yeah. factor, and yeah. yet you refuse to go after them. Yeah. Like, have you ever been more confident in anything in your life? Then, then the Allen Edwards is that not not going for offensive rebounds is the correct strategy because that guy <laughs> just believes in it to his core and he's he's going down with that philosophy. Yeah, I I mean, and I don't get me wrong, I loved Larry Shiat as a coach, and I I love that team that went to the oh, tournament. Yeah. He'll, he'll always have a spot yeah. in our heart. No, I there was lots of things I loved. I loved how he worked with young men and just uh, turned them into good citizens. And he just did a lot of yeah. good things. They were good athletes, students, everything. Um, I won't have a bad thing to say about him, but the one thing I did not like is he had that philosophy as well. And if, if there's one thing Edwards took out of him and all those things, it was that. And he just sticks to and, it. And that's the one thing it probably chides you, you and no, me it's so, just so much. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was working, you know? Okay, you could live with it but it's not working. I mean, try something else at this point. Yeah. I mean, you, he has got to know that the odds of him coming back next year are slim to none. So yeah. wouldn't you think he would, okay, let's full court press. Let's everything we're doing. Let's do the opposite. That's the other thing I would say. <laughs> yeah. George Costanza. I made that reference. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you out there that are Seinfeld fans, like me yeah. and Clay are, if you remember the episode, there was an episode where, you know, George, Costanza, he's kind of a. I mean, I'm going to say bumbling idiot, but I love the guy. You know? love but he always struggles to do, you know, the right thing. So he just comes up. I'm going to do the opposite. So he does the opposite of every natural instinct that he has, and thinks to, he gets the hot with the he gets the date with the hot woman. I mean, everything's just going gets a his job way. with the Yankees. Yeah. Gets a job, oh. so everything just starts going his way. So Edwards isn't a Seinfeld fan. Because he does, he needs yeah. to do the opposite. Every instinct that he has is wrong, and he continues and, to and he it. continues to go with the wrong instincts. So let me just give a few things. Like okay, like he, uh, I mean the offensive rebounding. As Clay is indicating the time here. We are about halfway through this episode. Uh, just every instinct he has is wrong. The offensive rebounding, the not rebounding free throws, which is kind of the same thing. When to play fast, when to play slow. And then I was just kind of thinking about it. Like, and this is kind of in that same conversation, but let me ask you a question. How many LeBron James type players are there out there? Like in general? Just answer that however that suits you. Because I think the answer, whatever you come back to, is probably the same. Uh, very few? Yeah. Is that I mean, there's always a the best players always on the court, but I, as far as the characteristics, well, just kind of a guy skill, like do the it, skill set he has, yeah. not many. Okay, there's not very many, right? No, he's a unique player. Am I wrong? And maybe I'm. This is a crazy. That the last two years, Allen Edwards coaches like he has a LeBron James. Because if you go back to last year, it was Justin James. Ball was in his hand all the time. He had to, you know, create his own offense. He had to create other guys' offense. He had to be the leading scorer. He had to be the leading assister. He had to be the leading rebound stealer. Yeah. He had to be the best defender on the other team. Yeah. And now this year it's Maldonado. I mean, he's got to do everything. 
and that and he's only a sophomore, and I think we all like Maldonado. But you look at that CSU game; he had nine turnovers. I mean, at some point, I mean, you just gotta take some of the pressure off these guys, don't you? Yeah. Well, and it comes down to, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know I used to coach junior high basketball. You know, one of the things that you could always depend on is, you know, the best kid. Yeah on your team could just take over the entire game. He could score 20 points and that was good enough to win a game. Um, it doesn't work at the college level really. Um, but now, if you had a transcendent guy, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, you know, of course, but, but for the most part that it doesn't work that way. You know, I mean, if you had a Brett McFall type, then it works. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, uh, getting back to the point though, it, it really, really comes down to, those things we talked about the la- in the last podcast is they don't do anything to fix their problems. And, you know, we talk about the game spreads and where you're losing points and where you're not getting points. And there's just been no adjustment to say, okay, we gave up this many points. We got to chop a few points down. And there's another part, you know, that would be like offensive rebounds sure. or free throws or something. Get to like the that. free throw line yeah. more. There's got to be some way to say we've got to figure out on defense in transition or on offense a way to get some more points and not allow so many. And yeah, and narrow again. They're not doing that ever. Well, yeah. If you just look at each not end last of, year, not this year. I mean, if you just look at each individual player, like can you really say anybody's improved on this team? Like, obviously, Malden Hall is putting up better stats, but he looked pretty good last year, and then he got hurt, and now James yeah. isn't there, so that just kind of creates a, you know, a vacuum for him to get more stat, more counting stats. But, like, T.J. Taylor, I was, you know, like, oh, man, this guy looks good, you know. Now he's afraid to shoot. Yeah. I mean, A.J. Banks, he's got elite athleticism, but he's the same player he was the day he showed up, you know. Yeah. Uh, Hendricks. I've never seen a guy who, when he shoots the ball, I have no idea what's going to happen. Now that may sound weird because he's a, like percentage wise, he's a pretty good three point shooter and he has those stretches where he makes threes, but there'll be sometimes where he has the most wide open looking air ball. And you're like, ah, what the heck is that? And then there'll be times where he's covered by three guys fading away from 35 feet and he makes three of those in a row. Yeah. So it's just like, on each individual shot, I have no idea what's going to happen. Granted, at the end of the day, he usually hits, you know, a decent percentage. But So that's Hendricks, the same player he was the day he showed up. I mean, probably the most disappointing guy on this team, if for me anyway, I don't know if this is for you, but I would imagine a lot of fans feel this way. Because like I said, my brother, he feels the same way about Hunter Thompson. Yeah. I mean, has a guy ever came in with more, just a four-star in-state recruit? Was going to go to Creighton, but backed out to stay at his hometown school. Ah, he just, he just a walking nothing. Yeah. Sorry, Hunter, but, if you're no, listening. But last year he showed some promise as a scorer. And then, I don't know, it's, it seemed like there was one game where I think he was kind of our hot scorer at the time. He was kind of putting some points up. And then he scored like two or three or something in one game. And he never seemed to recover. I have no doubt that he has the skill. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a big body. I mean, I know he's not a banger, but he's 6'10". And he's gotten a nice shot. Yeah, he does. But I don't know if it's, you know, maybe he just struggles with confidence. But that's where you need a good coach to come in and nurture that. Or, you know what I mean, like handle him a different way than he handles the other guys to build up his confidence or whatever it is. I mean, that's coaching kind of one-on-one, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, but he just, he looks like a beat. He looks like a beat dog out there. I mean, he looks always so depressed and just, just flopping around. Like he doesn't know what he's doing, like a fish out of water. It's Well, and I, I've always thought in basketball, you know, it, it's a little bit, I'm going to use a football analogy here, which doesn't always work, but I always thought, you know, uh, in football, sometimes you give your quarterback a few little plays that can yeah, kind of get him in a rhythm. Yeah, I mean, a couple mid-range shots. I don't know. Just something to get a guy in a rhythm. And, and I, I don't An know. An easy dunk, a layup to get you going. Just, get to the yeah, free throw line. Something, anything. See the just, ball go in the hoop. I mean, yeah, you always hear you that know, analogy. Just a little something to figure out a way to get him the ball in a place that has a high percentage of scoring. And, 
I mean, you know, uh, don't you believe that Coach K uh, for Duke, if if he oh, wanted to get a guy a little bit of confidence, he could find ways to get him drop the ball a play or, that's gonna yeah, just something. I don't know what it is with him, but he just he starts off missing and then he just uh, he's. Or if he gets his first shot, then you know maybe he'll score that game. Yeah, and but I've noticed him like he 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 kind of gets down on himself oh, really he, fast, and yeah. his body language is it's awful. Is I can't terrible. stand it. Yeah, I just you, just you know he doesn't have it, don't you? Ah, yeah. Right away. But another thing I will say to his you know defense is I don't think we've ever used him the way he should be used. He's a stretch four. He's not a low man. He's not a big man to be down in the post, guarding other teams' big man, being the banger, being the rebounder. He's a stretch four. He needs to be playing with a Larry Nance Jr. type, you know? I mean, and we've never had that. I mean, and that brings us to another thing I wanted to mention. I mean, I know we're kind of jumping all over this place here, but just wanted to give a couple updates because Mueller is out for the season. So he re-injured his knee, so that sucks for him. I mean, I know we're not the biggest Mueller fans, but no one wants to see a kid get hurt. And then Tyler Mormon, he had another concussion, so he's out for the year as well. <laughs> Back to that whole concussion debate. <laughs> it's not funny, but... No. No, but... Uh... It's not funny for him at all. I mean, you know, all, you know, well wishes and prayers for him, but it's just so depressing it's funny from a Wyoming fan, like... Concussions is just—it's just. I mean, yeah. we lost the uh, you know Anthony Mack, who was a recruit I liked, never even played here, and then we were talking about it on the last podcast. Like, what is up with concussions with this basketball team? And then we have another one to the same guy, and he's out for the season. I mean, let me yeah. ask you this: Have you ever in your life, and I'm sure you have. I mean, it happens. Heard of a season-ending concussion? Now it does happen, I guess, but more in football. It, it, it would it would have to be, yeah, football. Absolutely. I mean, granted, you hear career concussions, you know, multiple yeah. concussions, but sure. No, but basketball is just not one of those ones where you see that. Now, I will tell you that a concussion, people think, you know, I mean, of course, in football, you'd be worried about getting hit, you know, um, for a second concussion or another one. Well, or, I think where yeah. it comes in basketball, not to cut you off, is but when they're going up for those rebounds and bodies get tangled in a you go falling to the floor or, or an elbow yeah or an elbow I mean, yeah you get hit in the right place but i but think, I think that, that's how both the mormons have happened is like falling to the ground and hitting his head on the court you know? yeah but i what, what i'll tell you with a, a concussion though and and um, just a guy that's had him before it is hard to run when you have a concussion yeah. and now but the symptoms the ones i've had and i've had some bad ones um but they went away after a while, you know, like I, I could run a month later or whatever, but I know right off the bat, boy, there's so much pressure inside your head. It's hard to run because that blood runs up there and your brain and it's, it's tough. Well, but, I think, I think you just made the argument. We're going to have to bring Edwards back next year. It's his injuries. <laughs> it's just getting him again. The concussions. I, I get it. No, but I, I, he I lost do. Mueller. You can't win without Mueller. Yeah. But I, I do agree. Uh, agree that concussion just seems like a weird thing to end the basketball season it just just yeah two of the last three or two of the last four seasons you know we've lost a guy i mean basically a a new recruit that we never even really got to see play that's just disappointing on all levels uh here's another thing i thought this is kind of back to that whole you know just the whole edwards thing like where his instincts seem to be wrong or it's just like or there's no in-between. Like, it seems to me either guys have such a long leash. Like, Maldonado against CSU has nine turnovers. I mean, there was one stretch where he had, like, four turnovers in a row. And he doesn't get pulled, you know. And granted, I think, obviously, I'm a big Maldonado fan. I'll say that again. Obviously, we need him if we're going to do anything. But, I mean, you have four turnovers in a row. I don't care who you are. You might need to come out and take a minute, you know, re- you know, reboot or something. But he doesn't. I mean... Doesn't it seem like Mueller had a long leash? Like, not that he was making a bunch of mistakes out there, but that he was one of Edwards' boys. Like, so he would get his minutes. Hendricks can has a long leash. Thompson has a long leash. But there's certain other guys, like AJ Banks. He has one turnover. He's done. Uh, 
Porter. The guy's got the. And he he goes out there. If he's lucky enough to get on the court, and then he makes a mistake, oh, he's gone. <laughs> uh, Milton. Here's another thing. They're just I don't. And maybe Milton's hurt because I mean it's really kind of hard to find news about this team. I don't know if it's just because there's not a lot of fan interest right now. I don't. But I mean, Mueller and Mormon haven't played for a while, and I just today found out that they're out for the season. So back to Milton. So against. Uh, Nebraska Wesleyan, granted, not the best opponent. He had 11 points in 11 minutes of playing time. And this is a, you know, a new guy. Maybe he's starting to get his legs. Four of seven from the three, three of four from the three point. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm getting distracted here. Clay is putting on a blanket, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's cold in here. Down in my dungeon, it's all cold. He's putting on a blanket. <laughs> hey, it's a Wyoming Cowboy blanket. Yeah, so, here we go. So it's on brand with the show. So, okay, he scores 11 points in 11 minutes against Nebraska Wesleyan, three of four from three. He was kind of coming in known as a three-point shooter. It kind of struggled. Looks like he's starting to find his shot. Since that game uh, against Nebraska Wesleyan, he played four minutes against Boise and two minutes against CSU. Like, I don't get it. That makes no sense to me. No. Now maybe he's hurt. I don't know, but he did. He did play some, so it's like he's out there. He's available. He must not be hurt too bad. I mean, I, I don't get it. I just. And then Foster, I think against Denver, you know, kind of a one of the freshmen we're kind of excited about. I think he played three minutes in the Denver game, and he's from Denver, so a nice fu from, from Edwards to Foster. We're playing in your hometown. You're not going to play. I don't get it. And he's been playing, you know. 20 minutes a night. I don't, I don't, I just don't get it. Well, I don't get it. And it goes back to probably everything in the program. It's just flying by the seat of your pants. You don't have a real plan, you know, just the way he starts and pulls guys and lets people have turnovers till the end of time. I mean, it's just, there's no rhyme consistency, or reason. Yeah. you know, in, in expectation. And I think you should probably, treat your star player different than you treat your 12th guy on the bench, you know? Yeah. I'm not but, saying you got to coach everybody the same, but like you said, it's, it's not that it's that it just seems like it's, there's no rhyme or reason for it. No, it's just, you know, just, it's just no a, consistency. As no, you said. Yeah. It's a, a lack of high expectations and staying consistent with it. Uh, all right. Let's, we got, we're about 48 minutes in here. We might as well get to that CSU game. All right. I know we've kind of been all over the place here, but I could every everything we time we start talking, I think of another thing that annoys me with this team. So at CSU at the rival, uh, we lost 61-72. It wasn't that close. We were down 19 to 32 at half. The game kind of started off close, but then we just kind of let them pull away at the end of the half. And then they were pretty much up. I mean, they never trailed. We never got it to single digits again the whole game, I don't believe. And it was about 20 with a couple minutes to go, and I think Maldonado hit like three late threes to kind of close the gap. Uh, we shot 38% from the field. They shot 51. We did outshoot them from three. We shot 38.5%, they only shot 21. Uh, but they uh, – and we outshot them from the free throw line. We had 75%. So they're 60, but like you said, against the Boise game, we were 9 to 12 and they were 15 to 25. So we, this team has a hard time uh, getting to the free throw line and keeping the other team from getting there. Uh, 10 assists to 14 turnovers. So bad, bad, but better than the Boise game. Uh, CSU had 15 assists to 17 turnovers. So kind of, I don't know. What's, what's better assist to turnover ratio? ratio? 10 to 14 or 15 to 17? More turnovers, but more assists. Kind of same difference, I guess. Yeah. Both teams struggled with turnovers. Yeah. But here we go. Here's where it gets us. What, what do you think got us on this game, Clay? Rebound? Oh, what do you know? <laughs> 42 to 26. And they had 10 offensive. We had four. So they have a true freshman named David Roddy. 6'5", kind of a Charles Barkley type, you know? Yeah. You think we could use a guy like that? 19 points, 13 rebounds, true freshman? Just a banger. Just why in the world 
I mean, granted, you can't you can't get every recruit, you know, but like, can't you get somebody seventy percent of this guy that's out there getting you seven and seven? Like, I mean, that, how much of a difference would that make on this team? Yeah, I mean, and I I probably last year I said this to death, but I mean. I would just take a Derek Cook Jr. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. that just somebody that can take control in there for the majority of the rebounds, you know. And uh, I mean, or a guy like that. Just we just don't have any. You know, we we talked last time about an identity. This team has no identity. They don't have anybody that you can say, "Hey, <laughs> we know this is going to happen in the game." Sure. I mean, Maldonado's as close as we can get, but even we don't. Hey, know. Maldonado scored more. 10 points or more in every single game this season. No, and that's the one That's the one thing we do know is he's going to get to double digits. We do know that. Um, hey, we did win the second half, 42 to 40. <laughs> We're coming on. If there's a oh, silver lining. I know. There's, so in the that made me think of it. So after the uh, – let's see here. I'm know. the sunny side of this whole yeah. story. So. so after the Nebraska – so after the Nebraska, Nebraska Wesleyan game, where we beat the Division Three team by 14 points at home. So nothing to get too overconfident about, right? Edwards on the postgame show is like, yeah, we're really starting to come on. It's just like, what are you talking about? And it also offends me. Sorry, I got a little... It's it's just Wyoming basketball, Mark. It's not that... <clears throat> I'm choking up here. <laughs> no, yeah. No, what offended me is that in the post-game interview, uh, McKinney and Walsh. I have a cold here, okay, yeah, guys? Yeah, yeah. You're you know okay. when you get that phlegm bill up in your throat and you're talking? <laughs> That's what's happening to me right now. Uh, McKinney and Walsh after the Nebraska West. Like, oh, big win today, Coach. Oh, man, you guys were great out there. It's just like, come on, guys. I know they're, you know, and I, I love Walsh McKinney, you know, Wyoming legends. But it's just like – and they were for the university. I mean, they can't be like us and be like, "Oh, you suck!" Or, but it's just like, "Come on, guys!" They were they were dominating the dojo. Come yeah. on, you're fighting children. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And they and they were just like, "Oh, big win, big win!" Like, <laughs> like we just won the bowl game or the yeah. the Mountain West tournament. I just it was just a little bit of sunshine pumping there. Oh yeah, it was. It, it, it annoyed me. Yeah. Uh, and then sure enough, we go to lose the next two games with double digits. Uh, okay, back to see. Oh, so the rebounds. Here's a stat. Here's the second depressing stat of the the night, the season, whatever you may, the decade, as it were. Yeah. So, and this was a few games ago, but this team hasn't been offensive rebounding any better than we have been all season, have we? In the last couple games, yeah. that trend has not changed. Correct. So this was a few games ago, but they mentioned on the the game broadcast that on the season. Wyoming gets 12% of their offensive rebounds. You get what I'm saying there? Yeah. So 12% of the shot on 12% of our shots, we get the rebound. And that, this was a Kempom stat. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. It's like they mm-hmm. keep track of all the stats or whatever. Yeah. So 12% offensive rebounds. That's the lowest in division one in the last 20 years. Ouch. And we just keep doing it. I just, that's <laughs> just unreal. I just, unreal. what is that definition again? <laughs> I believe that's insanity, Clay. Insanity. So, yeah, so we just got crushed on the boards. And I mean, that was the real difference in this game. So it wasn't as bad as the Boise game, but CSU had 76 shots, total shots on goal, and we had 67. So, I mean, nine shots, that's nine shots. I mean, mm-hmm. makes a difference. But I mean, they would. This game, unlike the Boise game, it wouldn't have made the difference in the outcome of the game. I don't believe they, they still would have beat us. But yeah, and you know, one stat. I mean, we we made three, or I'm sorry, we made ten three pointers. Sure, and they only and, made what five. Yeah, and so we doubled them there, and so you know, but they just shot so many more free throws and just. Well, they just um, killed us down low. They that you know Carvacho and that Roddy. I mean, they just they beat us up down low. I mean, yeah. what Roddy had nineteen points, thirteen rebounds, and Carvacho had nine points, twelve rebounds. Yeah. I don't know if 
I think Hunter Thompson had seven rebounds, and we didn't have another guy that had more than five, I don't think. Yeah. And Foster, I mean, not Foster. Baldo, I mean, you look at his stat line, it looks pretty good. 25 points, 8 of 19 from the field, 4 7 from 3. I mean, granted, he did have nine turnovers, but he really had a bad game. I, because when the game was close and in the first half, I think he was, you know, 3 of 11 from the field, sure. you know, 1 of 4 from 3 with six turnovers. And then that kind of at the end, he just hit a bunch of shots. To make it look better than it was, but I mean that's not a negative on Maldonado. I just think there's too much to be asked of him. I mean, you can't ask guys to. It's like in you know the NBA, like James Harden. You know how he's like, what's the stat I'm thinking for? Uh, like his uh, when the ball's in his hand, like the rate of usage rate. Really, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I mean, we're asking Maldonado to. I mean. He has the ball in his hand 70% of the time, and he's got to create for himself and others. It's just it's just too much to ask, I think. But, okay, moving on from that. Foster had 10 points in this game, so that was nice. And then Quan Marble. I don't know if it's Quan or Quani. I've heard it called both ways. It's spelled how, – how would you think it's said? K-W-A-N-E. Is that Quani or Quan? I don't know. I'd say Quani. Quani, I don't like that. Quan sounds way better. It sounds yeah, it sounds like an NBA. Quani sounds like a little kid. Yeah, Uh, but he hasn't played in forever, and he comes in. Man, he looked pretty good. He had six points, two or three from the field, two rebounds, one offensive. See, he hasn't been playing enough to know that he's not supposed to be offensive. Now, when he did that, did he get pulled from the game right away? (laughs) Get out of here! We don't do that here, pal. But he got the offensive rebound, and guess what he did with it. He put, it was an easy put, put back. It back yeah. What a shocker, huh? Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I was hoping to wake up after this game and see that I got fired, getting creamed by your arch rival, but that didn't happen. Let's talk about that real quick. I mean, we're ending up, we're getting to the end here. I mean, we could go off on 100 different things, but obviously Edwards, he's going to get fired, right? I mean, it's – Yeah. It's – you know, not if it's when. Don't you think he should be fired right now? I think he should be fired right now. I, what is the point? I, I mean, what good is there to keeping him? The only thing I could think of is you're you're paying a guy, and, and I'm not. <laughs> and you're gonna get your money's worth. You're gonna. By get, golly, I'll get you, my money. You've worth. employed him to do something, and you're gonna do it, and it's not gonna, you know. You look at it, and there's just the writing on the wall is the assistants aren't going to do any better. It's this group of guys. And so that's the only defense I could come up with. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that there's no, you know, I mean, you're basically going to pay a guy for free. So I don't know. I don't don't see why it hasn't happened. I don't really think you'd get any positives. Like you said, I don't think – you know, little Shyatt or any of the other assistants are going to come in and be that spark to make this team play better. I don't think we're going to get a, you know, get a boost in attendance. I don't really think we're going to get any positives, but I do think the overall vitriol that the team gets from like, you know, fans, you know, like, Oh, these guys suck. And just all the negativity. I think that would be a a release valve of that because at that point, everyone knows, okay, this was a failure. You know, we're moving on. We're going to look for the next right guy. At least you'd get rid of the just the hate and the anger, I guess I would say. From the well, and the, and the guy that replaces the coach, he get kind of gets a little bit of a, a free pass from, well, he just playing with the hand he was dealt with and, you know, for a little bit. But, but it does. It just gives, you know, maybe this guy could do just a few things different. Because you know, oh, yeah. every well, at least coach, the next guy might say, "Okay, let's offensive rebound." I mean, yeah, I mean, everybody that that you know, I'm we're talking about over. the interim coach, right? Yeah, like that would be yeah. yeah. But everybody that takes over is they might have some. You know, yeah, they might sit there and say, "You know, Edwards didn't do this, and I'm going to do it." You know, or boy, as a coach, I've got to figure out how to make adjustments, and this is on my watch now. So you yeah. get to have that say finally of something that you maybe wanted to do while you're sitting in there in the wings watching. 
All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for uh, this episode of Wyoming. Uh, random thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy basketball. You see that, Jeff? We're right at an hour. Just, man, we're hitting our mark today. Yeah, uh, you guys are all over So it. I think we've all agreed. Next game is against CSU. Clay, we've agreed. If we win that game, Edwards San Diego, five. San Diego State. What did I say? CSU. It's yeah. against San Diego State. Rank number seven. Number seven, San Diego State, 15-0. After at the double a if we win that game five more years of edwards right we've agreed hey. and if we lose he's gone tomorrow or hey. wednesday at uh what time is that game seven is that a seven tip time? seven o'clock yeah so if we lose that game he's gone at 901 there you go but i had to ask one quick question before we sign off here um okay so san diego state at home unlv at, then at nevada versus fresno at home and then at san diego state five games no way we win any one of those games. Where did you say that UNLV game was at? It was at home. Okay, that's the most likely. And, I mean, I'm not – I think that's like a 1% chance. We can't beat Fresno either. Um, Is that uh, at home? Fresno at home? Yeah. Okay, Fresno at home, I think. Okay, so next five games, is there a win in there at all? No. Let's say that – okay, just real quick. We go on five, then, then do you fire him? Like, what is the – when is the tipping point, I guess? Or is it just, do you think Berman's is like, it's either at the end of the season. At this point, it's either he would have already done it or just end of the season. Okay, let's just. Okay. San Jose, when do we play San Jose? We don't play them for a while, till February. Um, man, that game seems like a long way away. Okay, so uh, quick thought here before Jeff's head explodes on the other side of the glass. Um, so. If that's no okay, big deal, no, I want to. I want to. A, a couple away. of scenarios here. Okay, what gets him fired in that San Diego State game? They get drilled, fifty point loss. Okay, because yeah, if you keep it somewhat okay. close, they wouldn't fire him. Okay, right? let's just say they lose less than twenty. You got nothing to. Let's, yeah, let's that's say they good. lose a close one. Is he still there? Yeah. Okay, if they win, he's still there. Obviously, yeah. And. uh What's the point threshold I would that say, you get beat by, 30 or I'd more? say anything less than 20, definitely still there. Definitely yeah. still there. Anything less than 20, we're definitely still there. Uh, I'd say anything 20 to 30, probably still there. Yeah. 30, you're gone. <laughs> but I mean, he probably won't be. I just – I don't get it at this point. But, yeah. I mean, what can you do? I mean, just – I think we're all just holding on, waiting for this season to be over, and we'll see what happens next. But, hey, having said all that, prove me wrong, and let's win the whole thing. Dang thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think we're out of here. Uh, that's Unless Clay's got any more quick questions. Well, last thing I want to say. I, I, we're I, never going to get out of here. No, I feel bad. I feel bad because – this is a negative podcast and we talked about this that is there any positive things that we could come out of this season but i mean i i will just say that you know we do we do have a some guys that are scoring some points maldonado is doing some things we do what do you expect us to get shut out no but i just you know we have some players that I'd like to see play a little bit more and just see what they can do. But yeah, but I just don't know if that's gonna happen with Edwards. Uh, like you said, there's no consistency. I mean, what do you what do you got to lose right now? Nothing. But he'll still throw out the same guys he's been thrown out with all the same strategies. But we'll talk about that on our next show, whenever that may be. Probably next week. Now that we're in conference season, we'll try to get more one a week than we've doing one every other month. Uh, so that'll wrap up this episode of Random Thoughts on Wyoming Cowboy Basketball. And as always, go folks. there you have it random dots on wyoming basketball with mark oberman and clay cates this has been a production of jackalope ridge media llc
Random Thoughts on Wyoming Basketball, a Jackalope Bridge Media Production, all rights reserved.